Now, you all know that we've been covering for months now the Cricket South Africa governance saga. Uh, we gave it a bit of a break, not because we are tired or we don't want to pursue it or we've been threatened in any way, uh, not at all. Uh, maybe there might be one or two people who are in high positions there within Cricket SA uh, who were told or advised not to come onto the show. And it's okay. We, we see you. We appreciate you. Uh, we acknowledge you ducking and diving from your responsibility to be accountable um, and no much hiding uh, leadership of Cricket SA will ever help you from the mess that you're in uh, because it, it is a royal mess. We will say it, we'll say it publicly, we will say it unashamedly because we've uncovered a mess within cricket. And that mess continues. It actually takes itself to Parliament and they think they can just arrive and rock up and ride roughshod over parliamentarians that have been tasked to do a job. Hey, <laughs> trust me. I mean, there appears to be somewhat of a significant breakthrough, though, if you call it a breakthrough. Um, we, we spent untold hours talking about and investigating issues uh, around Cricket SA over the past 11 months. And you'll understand as well the fascination to see the contents of what they call the Funduzzi Report. <laughs> what a name. Now, the release of the forensic report to Parliament literally means that technically it is a public document. And what this means is that by taking the right requests through appropriate channels, the media, as well as ordinary South Africans, yeah, you listening to the show, will be able to view it. It's taken long. And as of today, the body appeared before the Sports, Arts and Culture Portfolio Committee in Parliament. They gave details of the report, which was used to fire the former CEO, Tabang Mure. And there's a whole lot more, as you can also understand. And just what does the report say about the interim president, Beresford Williams? You know what, let's get into this matter. Let's not waste any time. Sport 24. Deputy Editor, and congratulations on the appointment, Sbu Mchigeliso. Good evening. Hey, good evening, Rob. Thanks so much uh, for congratulating me. Um, but this is where the good news uh, ends. Eh? Unfortunately. And it's, it's, it's amazing that uh, you also formed part of the room dividers. The other room divider also got a, an appointment today. So, you know what, I can only be proud of you, room <laughs> dividers, because you guys are just moving higher and higher. You're giving us reason to smile uh, with all the good work that you're doing. No, absolutely, Rob. Tando Manana was co-opted in one of the uh, most influential uh, trade unions in rugby. As a deputy president there, so he's growing high in influence, and uh, I'm just trying here in my my little media spot here, Tarob. I hope that's the only thing he's going high on, but uh, we we certainly <laughs> do receive the congratulations on his behalf. Smoo, I wanted to start light, but this is not a light matter. Um, cricket has been a mess. And I repeat what I said at the top, that it, it continues to be, and it continues to show us what administrative um, governance should not be about in any sporting uh, body here in the country. Run us through some of the chance-taking that was happening in Parliament today by this very same cricket essay. Darab, so, um, as I predicted in an analysis piece I did this morning, 
it was going to be a hot session. Um, MPs had armed themselves, well, some MPs, let me put it that way, had armed themselves with a full-fundable report over the weekend, and they went through the 500 pages of it as 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 they've been tasked by the voters of this country. Um, some MPs really, really took the time to read what was in that report to interrogate Cricket South Africa, and immediately you could you could sense the tone. Um, they, they, because they demanded that uh, anyone implicated in the report who will be questioned during the sitting, that they recuse themselves. Uh, it did take up quite a bit of time on the sitting because Mr. Beresford Williams, who we later found out was implicated in not just one matter uh, with regards to the Funduzi report, but two, uh, and one very serious one uh, regarding the appointment of, not that the others aren't serious, but, but one, one that I could say is, is fresh, um, out, out the cookie jar is the appointment of Mr. Moore that was deemed, um, and this is my terminology, to be irregular um, as he did not meet the, the requirements of the CEO position at the time. And he is the only remaining member of the board committee that took that decision. Uh, the other the other members have since left Cricket South Africa, such as, you know, Tando Kanda, Iqbal, and Iqbal Khan. Um, and, 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 and Louis von Zoyne. So, so, um, I mean, th- that became then the, the sort of undertone. Then Sunduzi had a chance to report on how they did the methodology. And, and then it was asked that Dr. Eugenia Kula may excuse herself because then she was also implicated in a matter of having, uh, bought an advert, uh, to Sunday Times and authorized that when, mm-hmm. when no board members are, are allowed to, to authorize expenditure, um, uh, you know, which is an executive decision, um, and then you know, eventually she 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 did step out, I believe. Um, although a lot of questions were directed to her portfolio, and that is that is transformation. Then the then the back and forth started. Mr. Um, Marius Kuman then led Cricket South Africa's presentation. Um, it seems at this very moment, Rob, that. A guy like Marius Kuman is the only real leader Cricket South Africa has, and, and he's independent. Uh, and maybe this is a, a kind of a shadow of what we're going to see in the future because everyone is clamoring for the independence of this board. Is that he was, he, was, he, he was clear in articulating that, you know, a lot of the things that were happening in Cricket South Africa that have been found by Sunduzi, they were inconsistent with some of the practices that he had seen in his world, as 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 a person that's practiced, you know, um, a common uh, a business, you know, a person that understands the Company Act, so he he agrees with a lot of the stuff that's found in Tunduzi. Whereas you will find that members, council members, who are very cricket focused, they've 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 tried to sort of uh, do a, a cover up and and cover each other's bums. I can put it like that. So that mm-hmm. that was pretty much the the the, the, the undertone that we saw as, as soon as we got into the meeting. It, it's incredible, though, because when you talk about the entire Fonduzzi report, that is what they were seeking, and not a summary of the report. Why do you think, though, uh, that uh, CSA was so keen to provide the summary? Because then it gives you that one-sided opinion of what it is, but also just excludes themselves from accountability. Uh, sponsors, stakeholders, fans, public media, they were trying to, to, to appease 
or to make it look like they're being open and accountable. And, I, and, and I'm glad, you know, we give Parliament a lot of stick. I'm glad that last week, um, as soon as they came with the wishy-washy summary report, the, 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 the members of Parliament, and, and, I, and I'll name them here, Sepom Songo, Willem Faber, um, and a lot of them, uh, they dismissed that summary report uh, outright. And they said, no, 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 do not waste this uh, committee's time by bringing something that is half information. We demand the full report. And, and had they not done that, uh, we would not be as close as we are to finding out the, the, the actual truth that's in that Fundudi report. And, and I have to mention this, Darab. Fundudi said today that they did a comprehensive report. Mm-hmm. According to Fundudi, the 500-page report that they, they did is comprehensive. There is no reason to doubt this report, according to Fundudi. Cricket South Africa has been saying, meanwhile, all this time after its uh, 31st or 30th July uh, receipt uh, um, to, to their board, was if this is a one-sided report, they need to do more investigations, and there were no rights of reply handed. Fundudi are like, no, 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 no. We gave people rights of reply. They chose not to reply but this was extensive they say that they took people's computers and everything that they reported on was corroborated by evidence on those computers so you can imagine emails documents uh, everything that's signed you know a paper trail in fact you, you, you I'll, I'll go so far as to say you know the information on paper weighs heavier than uh, someone's opinion or version of events because you write an email in real time you can't backtrack and say, no, I'm, I didn't write that email. It's there. It's on paper. We can all see what you said. So if Fulusa say they got hard evidence and they put it in that report, there's no, there's no reason for us to believe otherwise. Because if I remember correctly, when you mentioned the fact that uh, Fonduzzi have been very strong on that, uh, Sbu, is uh, what uh, Mr. Pierre said, Nasaya Pierre, uh, because he says that he, he was not give, or either given an opportunity um, to present his side of the story. Um, so which, which means what then in the totality of what you've just said now, that they would have reached out to him and he chose yeah. uh, not to respond? Well, in, in, in Mr. Pierre's case, it's, it's different because he had agreed to, to respond and give his version of events. And this has been clearly uh, marked by the MD of, of, of Fundudi. Um, let, me, let me just get his name right here uh, quickly, Darob. Um, um, it's Mr. Ernest uh, Nekavambe. So Mr. Ernest Nekavambe says that they had contacted NASA Pierre Appear at the time as a suspended employee of Cricket South Africa on full pay. However, when he needs to appear to Fundudi, who, you know, under lockdown, they were still able to do virtual um, in the, uh, briefings, but then, you know, they got a permit by May, now they need to do face-to-face. Um, Mr. Pier, someone had, at CS, CSA had frozen Mr. Pierre's um, uh, salary. Um, but he's on paid suspension. So Mr. Pierre said, I can't appear because A, uh, it was Cricket South Africa that asked me to, 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 to give my version of events to the report, to the investigators. Um, and B, now that they froze my salary, how do they think I'm going to get to be 
you know, to meet people. You know, you're not paying me. Um, so the assumption is that I've got no money. Um, and, and that was never resolved until such a time that Mr. Pierre was dismissed by the, by the organization. So on that score, I don't know how CSA will then, or, or the report, I don't know if it's poorer because of it. Um, however, it has been mentioned as a fact that Mr. Apia was willing to corroborate uh, some of his own evidence, however, was unable to do so because someone had closed his, his salary. And we, we still need to get to the bottom of why why would anyone on paid suspension um, have his salary frozen and, and who authorized who authorized um, that that freezing of payment? Because if that person authorized um, Apia's uh, payment to be frozen, then they, they would have jeopardized the strength of this report, and therefore they've brought this entire um, uh, operation into jeopardy, and they could have brought Cricket South Africa uh, into disrepute. So that person who throws a peer salary actually might have thought they were doing something uh, small, but they could mm-hmm. have seriously compromised this investigation. All right. Um, let, let me drift off to an ad break, uh, Smoo, because... Um what you've just said now, there are people within Cricket SA that find themselves in top positions, but they didn't go through the right and requisite um, ways to justify being in those positions. They might have come through as advisors before. They might have come through as other <laughs> smaller roles within Cricket SA, but ended up staying internally and presiding over big decisions that they had no right to preside over. So all of that and a whole lot more. Swoom Jigaliso is my guest. Uh, we will beef it up uh, a little closer to the news or just thereafter uh, to find out what's been happening in Parliament because Cricket SA definitely is in the middle of a fine mess. Hashtag NSW. All right, in conversation there with regards to the cricketing issues that are happening in the country, as you said, an important conversation here with Swoom Chigeli. So while you were chatting about the Nasai Apia uh, scenario, there was, a, there was at some point, I don't know if you remember, Swoom, uh, where there was mention from his side that the CEO's decision is final. Um, but remember he was also at some point as a COO, he, surely he could have gone to the board if he wasn't happy or if he spotted something that was wrong or, or if he felt that things weren't going right. Uh, because if I remember correctly as well, he was able to appro- approach the board um, even at the time when Harun Lagat was there and, um, you know, dished out his grievances against him. Yeah. Yeah, Darab, it's, it's, it's a difficult one um, because you, you really asked yourself about this appears that, you know, there were times when he went above Harun to the board, which, you know, obviously, if you go above your own boss to, to the board, that's going to make relationships very, very sticky between you and your own boss. Um, he could have done the same uh, with Sabang Mure, but um, obviously opted not to go not to go that route. I can't say per se what, what was the right way to act um, for, for Mr. Pia, but as you can tell, it's it, it landed him and Mr. Moore in, in this um, a hot mess that, that they were in because now there's even in the Fuduzi, uh summary report where they mentioned service provider X um, that was mm. procured 
um, irregularly, uh, even in a in a corrupt manner. This is their words, not mine. Um, was that you know it's it's Mr. Appears signature that appears on the agreement. So I mean, there but there is the inconsistency then from Sunduzi is that they recommend that charges of of a criminal nature be brought against Mr. Mora for that for that appointment and that um a civil case they they explore the option of a civil case against service provider X. Um so there's a bit of confusion as to who takes responsibility for that. It's it's a peer signature on mm-hmm. the agreement. Maybe he was told to sign it as as a COO. Um, and then, but they recommend that they go after Mr. Mora in terms of investigating him criminally. So there, there is a bit of confusion as to who who, who was doing what between the CEO and mm. the COO. Without a doubt, though, because it's quite interesting what the committee member um, Willem Faber had to say. Now, he, he ba- I mean, Willem was actually just asking around the issue of uh, Tabang Mura, where it stated that he did not have the qualifications uh, to become the CEO. Uh, and he was asking a very straightforward question to say, how did that slip through the bucket? Because what are the qualifications to becoming the CEO? I don't know if you know, Sabu. <laughs> I do, I do not know um, because I did not apply for the for that position. It's <laughs> way above my pay grade. <laughs> but but maybe, surely, maybe you shouldn't. You know, <laughs> no, absolutely not because uh, I see it's going to end in tears. That all. Um, I, I do I do see that um, you know they've seen the full report. You know, Mr. Willem Faber has seen the full report, um, and he's 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 definitely seen that there was a discrepancy between what the requirements of the job was versus the advert that was put out versus Mr. Mura's qualifications. And Mr. Mura had been acting in that role for, for a year prior. Maybe that, that, that worked into in, 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 into the into the appointment. Um, but these are things that uh, Chris Manzani would have had to clarify. Um, or Mr. Beresford Williams would have had to clarify as as to why, you know, Mura was appointed if he didn't fit the minimum requirements. They're talking minimum requirements here, that was like, if, if the minimum requirement for me to be a journalist is a journalism degree and I don't have one, surely I can't be, I can't be considered unless exceptional circumstances, unless I'm, 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 I'm you know, I, I, I can write as well as what's written in the Bible, you know, you know. So I, mm. I, I don't know. And I would imagine that Mr. Beresford Williams did cooperate with the investigation because he's still in the organization. And I don't see why he would undermine a, 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 a investigation that he would have authorized as a board member. Incredible stuff, though, because, you know, when we, when we keep flipping through all of this, and I know you're going to leave uh, shortly at, at, at 7 o'clock. Why don't they step down? What should be the next step? Because surely they've been found wanting the, 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 the division of the reports of bringing a summary report versus the full report has actually exposed the intention of why they wanted it to be that way. Surely yeah. everybody should be stepping down on mass. 
Yeah, yeah, Tarov. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll refer back to what, what has now become my favorite quote coming from Harun Logard, is that the members' council are, are those turkeys that will never vote for Christmas. And that's exactly what's going on here, is that you're asking turkeys to vote for Christmas, you know. Um, the members' council, uh, the members' council, they are obviously the affiliate, affiliated presidents. And, and they've been operating in a way you know, certain particular way. And when it's called upon them to act against either fellow or former member member council members who've been in presidential position, do you not imagine, Darab, that there will be a certain level of leniency mm. that they will that, that they will deploy when it's time to act decisively, not just act, but act decisively against people implicated in things um, such as these. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Right. So the, 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 the matter of Mr. Beresford Williams and Western Province Cricket Association, that was a matter of conflict of interest in which he's been implicated and he didn't recuse himself. Then you've got Northwest Cricket um, and, and, and their problems with a two million rand that was allegedly swindled there. Then you've got Eastern Cricket, where at Eastern Cricket, the, 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 everything revolves around these loans that Cricket South Africa uh, sent, um, uh, uh, gave all these all these unions, all their affiliates, ahead of what was supposed to be the global T20 for them to upgrade their facilities. So Mr. Williams was in a FinCom meeting that decided to grant Western Province that law. But he shouldn't have been there because he's a former Western Province president. And then we find out that at Northwest, their two million was swindled or disappeared or vanished or I don't know what 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 the intricacies there were. Then at Eastern, we find out, and and, and this is this is from sources that I know uh, personally that at Eastern the, the the money used that was supposed to be there for upgrades didn't upgrade the the the, the stadium at all. The lights were old. Then when a new CEO came in, he said, no, gentlemen, these lights aren't LED. There was even a game played where a player at Willowmore Park dropped a catch because that ball disappeared behind some shoddy light. And then he started asking questions. Guti, why, why was, where was the money? You were given a loan by CSA. Where did it go? And now they are the ones that can't pay back that money, that the, these, these unions are now unable to pay back their loans back to Cricket South Africa. And this is in the Fundusi report. But what does Eastern's do? They go after the people that are trying to, to clean that system up. So they go after their CEO who's suspended right now. They went after their president, Mr. Peter Vonya, um, who they tried to remove in May. Uh, but Judge Mwepe uh, turned around uh, this September and said, no, no, no. That attempt to remove him was irregular. Then there's there's power struggles there going on. But at the end of the day, Hunduzi found that these affiliates have been unable to pay back their loans. The granting of some of these loans, there might have been a conflict of interest. So so it's all tied in together as to how Cricket South Africa was run, and it all ties into the members' council not being decisive enough and the board not being independent enough. The board is the only salvation for cricket South Africa. It needs independence, as I'd mentioned earlier, that they need the independence to step forward. It needs to be majority independent because the members council are the turkeys that will not 
uh, vote for Christmas. And they were, they were branded as player and referee during the sport portfolio committee uh, meetings today. Mr. Mshongo called them uh, player and referee, and they said they cannot be in that position where they decide what happens with cricket. Yet they, their own chomis are the ones uh, uh, implicated. Before you go, Swo, and you mentioned Tsepom Shongo, the DA member of the Sport Parliamentary Oversight Committee. He is on the line listening attentively to what you've been saying. Uh, Tsepo, thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Uh, good evening, Rob. And good evening, how would you describe your session today? Um, I know it was a virtual session within Parliament, uh, but an important one started off very dramatically, as Wu has indicated uh, from you. How would you summarize that, and did you get out of it what you had intended? I don't think so. I think it was robust, but one of the things that I can tell you, we are calling for an investigation, an independent investigation, because this investigation is a whitewash. Why I'm saying that, I think Spoo stated clearly that you cannot have a national council members who are serving on the board. Now there's a contradiction. They're calling for investigation. How can you investigate yourself? And it is clear that there's no guidelines because one of the things that I want to highlight, the report was based on the former CEO and others. But one thing that I did not like, the members who are implicated, there are no recommendation for them. For example, that's why we took off the acting president to say he must leave the virtual meeting because he's implicated. He wanted to present this report. And now it shows that it has uncalled for. There's a conflict of interest amongst uh, members of CSA. It's incredible, though, that one would have the audacity here, uh, Mr. Mshongo, to be implicated in a report but still want to face Parliament and give a presentation. What does that tell you about the state of mind within Cricket SA? You know, in our last, not this uh, meeting, today's meeting, last week, I called upon the CSA because they usually claim of good governance, corporate governance. You cannot run an entity or corporation with the way they're doing it because one of the highlights, they don't have even policies in place. They're telling me they're now updating policies. You know, issues of a credit card, they cannot have a policy on credit card. And issues of uh, uh, HR, they do not have... Mm-hmm. The police are saying they're updating those policies. That issue is to show that this uh, CSA, we need a new board, we need people who, who love the sports, and we need South Africans who will make sure that we are on the map as cricket in South Africa, even abroad. It's incredible. <laughs> you mentioned that there is no credit card policy, and yet they go and cite somebody uh, for spending over 200,000 rand on alcohol. They, they told us that, that there was no policy. And uh, acknowledging that, which is, is uncalled for, and one thing that we wanted, it was clear for us, and in fact for me, let me speak for myself. I read plus minus, it's four, 462 pages. It took me three days, but I had to go through it because of the love of the game. And for us, as a member of the committee, to make an effective oversight, especially to the Sports Federation Aggregate. One thing that I've observed, you know the report somewhere, sometimes it will say, other members. Now, it shows Gucci, one of the issues that I've raised, who suspended Tabang. Now, there are conflicting responses. The board, the ethics and social committee. Now, you'll never know exactly who suspended, uh, who, who came with the 
decision for them to suspend Tabang. Now, in my view, it shows obviously the the, the, the the leadership within CSA. You tend to do what you do on your left, you don't do it on your right, because board members who are implicated to date, they did not resign. There are no charges. Now it shows that this is a whitewash. We call upon an independent uh, committee or, or a special team that will compose of specialists like experts, like activists among crickets, that will make sure that we have a roadmap for cricket South Africa. Maybe as a parting shot, just we'll, we'll keep Mr. Mklong until after the news as well. From your side, you also a very important question. Do you know who suspended Tabangmur? <laughs> yeah, uh, Rob, I wrote about this, and it was quite interesting when I did, because um, there was the conflict that Mr. Mklong was talking about. You don't know. So what I discovered was that um, he, he, the, the report that recommended his suspension was, for lack of a better word, cooked. That it was a social and ethics committee report in in invective commerce because it wasn't a report. Mm -hmm. So I heard that Chris Manzani, after bad publicity during that time, went and had a meeting and told social and ethics to write a report collecting all the in, the stuff that's been happening in the media, the banning of accreditations and, and the, the SACA things that have been going on, and table it as, as, a, as a recommendation back to the board to charge Murray with. Now, and then, then that's, a, that's a contradiction. You don't preempt the report. Mm-hmm. If social and ethics needs to sit, they didn't sit. Uh, they need to discuss whether what's happening um, around Cricket South Africa is enough to bring charges. They need to then table those charges to the board as a subcommittee. The board needs to then review those, those, those recommendations, whether they're strong enough to charge Mr. Murray, and only then pass a resolution to to one person, Chris can't decide and say uh, 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 to 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 Professor Steve Cornelius, who was chair of social and ethics at the time, Prof, please write a report, mm-hmm. send and then send it back to us. It doesn't so, work. That so way. so those things uh, were flouted as well. I'm cutting in because of time. We are into news time, uh, Sabu, and I know that you've got to leave us now at the top of the hour. Yeah. I want to thank you so much for your insight and 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 keep digging and keep unraveling this story for us um, a fantastic job that you've been doing and once again congratulations sport 24 deputy editors thank you very much indeed all right so will stay with us a da member of the sport parliamentary oversight committee and as we move slightly just after the top of the hour julani tulo is standing by with the news Hashtag nsw Actually, I think you must just ask any black cricketer about Sunny Boy Litsele. Uh, in Gauteng, yeah, uh, ask Makaya or anybody, yeah. Lawrence Mahatani, he was my under-19 coach. Um, yeah, uh, the CEO of Gauteng uh, right now, John Olive Wright. Uh, that's the guy I was working for until the COVID-19 
So now I'm not being employed for like five months. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm just waiting for something to happen, which is not happening, which is irritating. I think South Africa has uh, a greatest leg spinner coach in me. Yeah, and I'm, I am not uh, being used with all the experience that I've gained overseas, with all these uh, great coaches. I mean, Shane Warne's coach thought I was the next best thing um, when he came down, when we went to this leg spinners thing uh, with Paul Adams and uh, Paul Harris, um, Justin Ontong. Yeah, all these guys we went on... Um, on a on a leg spinners academy in South Africa for uh, eight days, they send us to uh, they send this guy Bob Ol- uh, uh, Terry Jane, I mean, to come and uh, coach us leg spin. So I'm talking. I was. I, I still think I'm still uh, the ish. So I just wanna get involved somehow or just change the communities. Uh, make communities to be uh, something better. I've got so much to offer. So, yeah. Rob, only an idiot can ignore the evidence that our cricket is in shambolics. Honestly, hi, hi. I don't know anymore, Brarob. Poto from Kananaogni again here. All right, an important discussion once again right here on Mara Sports Worldwide. A big thanks to Julani Tula for the news at the top of the hour. As we continue on MSW, remember the voice note number 0605842250. We heard earlier from Sboom Chigeliso, uh, the Sport24 Deputy Editor. We're also still chatting to the uh, DA member of the Sport Parliamentary Oversight Committee. Uh, that's uh, Tsepo Mshongo, who is still with us on the line. Tsepo, thanks for your patience. Um, like, we would dealing with before the news is that there are a couple of things that are wrong is the longer it took for you to read that report and I'm sure the more it sank in that the rot is not just within the top tier of the management it also filters down we've also heard and seen as well within the report itself that there are people who have been responsible uh, for drafting let's say, policies. They are mentioned in that forensic report. And one of the individuals that's there is a Chantal Moon. Hardly anybody talks about her involvement. From what I know is that she first made an appearance within Cricket SA as an HR consultant around 2015-2016 and is an acting head of HR the forensic report does state quite categorically here, Mr. Mklongo, that she doesn't have the minimum requirements to be an HR manager, but she's still there. Um, she's attending meetings. All the official emails that come through or go through uh, within Cricket SA, she also gets them. How, how can something like that be allowed to carry on? You know, I was not even aware if you are saying she was attending our Zoom meeting today. It is uncalled for, and we must not allow it, especially in sports, because we need clean administration, we need clean governance. This mismanagement of funds and 
this administration. We're calling on Ikuget South Africa to make sure that they implement uh, the recommendation. You know, one of the things that I was asking myself while I was in the meeting, that SASCOC is the mother body of uh, CSA, but mm-hmm. CSA did not want to work with SASCOC or did not want to open books for SASCOC. Now, it shows that they're hiding something. And one of the things that I've asked today in the meeting, I'm not sure, since I've read different media statement and media houses uh, uh, releases. I'm not sure that the report that we've received is the first version or is the last version or whatever, because I tend not to understand other issues of implicating board members and staff members who are still within the association. Now, as the DA, we are calling upon, I, I want to emphasize this, a clean, independent body, independent committee that will investigate as of this, uh, 2016 to date. Why I'm saying 2016 to date? Because mm. you can even see that this report, it's not even telling us about the sale of T20. You know, we've used plus minus 20 million for the T20 league, but to date we're not sure exactly what happened. Now, they don't even account, we're not sure exactly what went wrong, who's accountable. Now, we are calling upon the new investigation, but what we are saying, they must use the same report that I'm calling it a whitewash for us to make sure that we have a clean government, especially in the CSA uh, uh, Federation. Because that issue of the timeline is very important. Um, and 2015, 2016 would be the right time to start. So the independent investigation that you're calling for, Mr. Mshongo, would you want that to be instituted by who? Via the office of the Minister of Sport? You know, we don't want the Minister to be conflicted. I think we as an oversight committee we can do that because they can work mm. with us. My belief as, as we are doing an oversight, we are not influencing, we are not going to tamper with uh, other regulation within sports. What we are saying, that independent body when it's appointed, it's either we call for nomination, it will be an open plan uh, a process that we invite any interest individual, experts within cricket, activists within cricket, those who have financial fundies, those who have legal fundies, and then we go through everything that happened, and then we even appoint an audited company that will make sure that we know exactly, because one of the things that I did not like with the report, I don't see any recommendation to say Tsepo uh, 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 use uh, 10, 10 million and he must account or he must go to jail. There are no, there are no specific recommendation. You know, when you do an investigation, you must come up with investigation. We must come up with a recommendation. And um, I, I did not see something that is hard-hitting for us not to tolerate. It's either corruption or mismanagement of funds. Now, with the acting CSA President Bresford Williams and the seven-member strong delegation that came through, did you say that uh, Chantal Moon was part of the meeting today or was she excluded from that meeting? No, she was she was excluded because there's a lady who responded to my question regarding HR. It's mm-hmm. Ruyo, and she was appointed this this year in May, according to her. When she responded to me, she said she is not even aware that 
how was uh, Tabang was fired or suspended? Was it suspended? Because those are HR issues that I must get from HR uh, uh, management. But now, Chantel was not there, in my understanding. If she was there, I was not aware, but we did not give her an opportunity to speak. But being somebody who is implicated in that report itself, and being implicated in such a way that says that she does not have the minimum requirements to be an HR manager, how can she be running a successful HR department? It, you know, it's shocking. When you go to the report, it's not only a... They even mentioned Kaban that she, she did not have qualifications. For some times, you have someone who's running the federation, but you're working with him. Kaban was not working alone. I think even Chantel, if he was in the HR, they've appointed different individuals within the system. But now, here he, uh, the, the report tells us that he didn't, she did not have qualification, but she's still there. Now, it's, it's uncalled for. We condemn it, and then she must be replaced, and she must have an account. Because it's strange, though, because... Having come in as a consultant, I mean, she's got a registered company. And the, the, the funny thing is that she's the only person registered to that company. Now, if you're coming in as a consultant within an organization like CSA, surely you do the due diligence and you find out the company, its previous work, who are the members, uh, who comprises of uh, this company here. I mean, I could mention its its name, but I don't have to. I'm sure you know. You've seen the report as well. But it, it makes absolutely no sense, Mr. Mshlonga, that you come in with a major CSA uh, consultancy and you, you're the only person that's registered in that company. You know, it shows that uh, as South Africans, uh, we must make sure any sports, any sporting code, when we appoint or let me, lack of a better way, de- deploy it in individuals. We must make sure we do a diligent work. We check their records, where do they come from, what do they have behind them. Because one of the things I can tell in South Africa, we have administrators who, have, who, who, who are implicated, who have things that are not even clean, that are, in fact, they are tainted, so to say, lack of a better way. But to, to, I don't want to, call, to, to elaborate more about... Mm. Chantel's more allegation on the report because uh, I think my my my, fundi, my legal advisor told me that not not to elaborate more on the details. But I can tell you, we don't need uh, people like her because you've mentioned her name. Uh, obviously, we need uh, administrators who are for the betterment of sports, who are qualified, who has like one thing that <laughs> it was puzzling me today uh, that. You know, the, the one of the national council members was justifying other means because one thing that I've asked today that was the terms of reference amended for them to exclude members of the board. And there were two conflicted responses. One member said they were not amended. Other one said, no, they were amended, but we did not consider other facts. Uh, facts. Now, it shows, Guti, this report is a whitewash, and it's, uh, I believe this report, we have to get a good report that will make sure that we have a roadmap, we have a good uh, cricket South Africa that will make sure, Guti, even our kids. You know, one of the issues that we've raised on transformation, they don't have even a roadmap for transformation of sports, especially in the disadvantaged communities.
there's no clear definition. They don't even take account of what we've spoke about. I think I was in your show in the last uh, month. You mm. spoke about transformation issues of Abu Makayanti and others. Now, which is, they don't even have a plan and they don't even acknowledge. You know, if you are an individual, you don't acknowledge that you've made a mistake, you're not going to deal with those issues. But that is it. It's it, it's it's the stubbornness, and yet they continue to make these appointments. Oh, Mr. Mshong, I mean, if we had to deal with people that have been employed there, especially when it deals with direct cricket and cricketing issues, never mind from a management perspective, the irregular appointments, uh, the sanctioning of salaries to individuals that are sitting pretty there, uh, earning way over four or five million rand a year from cricketers, say, in their positions that they've been employed in, uh, which have also flouted the employment procedures. I mean, how, how does cricket in any way be able to move forward? How do they even be able to address that crucial issue that you're talking about now, uh, which is to do with transformation? It's the same issue that we battled long and hard on a Tuesday every single week uh, with the late Kaunda Tunjas, with the Lawrence Parkers, with the Tando Mananas and the Swum Jigelisos on the room dividers to try and change that. That became world champions at the Rugby World Cup, the most transformed team ever. Cricket have never won a World Cup, ever since we were readmitted back into the international fold. Why? Because they stubbornly want to hold on to that that is seen as a, a lily-white representation. You watch, the day that is broken is the day South Africa goes on to win a Cricket World Cup. Up until then, trust me, whether they call them the chokers or whatever, that's a beautiful term to use. But the real issue is around the lack of willingness Mr. Mklongo, to yes. comply and conform and be part of a transformed society. I think I concur with you. We need leaders, not bosses who don't care. We need servant root. We need people who will communicate for the best interest of, of uh, cricket South Africa. One of the things that I was here as an individual, especially when I was asking questions, even my question, some of my questions were not even answered. You know, I pity that Mr. Marquez, uh, Mr. Schumann, was mm. trying to challenge. Now, to me, it shows that we don't need leaders or we don't need professional staff who are like uh, them, who are implicated, and who are like those we've discussed today in the Zoom meeting. Mm. Mm. i got a couple of... Um tweets that are coming up. Tabang Mbande says that independence of the board is crucial, uh, but focus should really uh, be on accountability and transparency. If Cricket SA board has nothing to hide, they should hide nothing. Uh, we are still far from seeing the transformed cricket sport in South Africa. Conflicted individuals run sport, and it is very, very sad. Uh, we also got another uh, tweet here from Uspiwa. Uspiwa says that the sad thing about CSA, uh, just like Saru, is that it is an elitist sport completely hidden from us. Even the Smolanyana packages of the dish or of the dish that we have still cannot show most of the cricket that is played. Uh, this, as a result, makes us not uh, very clued up about the cricket world as well. And that's an important point. I think it's the same way uh, that people are complaining again with uh, football um, being, being something that is going to go to the elite side of the world and very little to the public broadcaster. Maybe your quick response to some of those uh, tweets. There's a whole lot uh, that I could read, yeah. but maybe just from those two? Yeah, I, I do agree that accountability is so important. You know, one of the questions that I've asked on the report, 
what is the irregularity found by an external auditors? I did not get a response because the report is quiet. It doesn't give us details. But there was an external auditor. But the report is quiet. Now we are calling upon the accountability and transparency above all, especially regarding the funding. You know, last time when Christopher, the former president, came to, to the committee, he did not know exactly how much is the government giving. Like, we usually give them grants. Like we subsidize them with a grant, he reported to us that it's five thousand, uh, five million, and when I go to the records, it was ten million, and they don't even plow it back to these disadvantaged communities that he's uh, talking about. He did not know. That's Chris Yes, he told us that it's five million, and. You know, luckily I was there before the minister came in to say, no, Chris, it was 10 million, not 5 million. Now, and above all, you know, one of the things that before he left, I said for him to resign, I don't think he's cleaning himself, so to say, he's redeemed. Why did he resign? And then another, you know, the the statements which were made exactly was uh, Tabang uh, suspension actioned by uh, uh, the Chris or who actioned it? Mm. Or who called for that? You know, you'll never know these things, especially till you have an open book and you don't have people who are con- uh, conflicted. People, we must get an independent individuals that will make sure that they uh, investigate the issues of creating in South Africa. But if you get things your way um, as a committee and you're able to do this investigation, people like Chris Denzani would not be exempt from that. I mean, you, you could always call upon them to come up and be accountable uh, for that that has happened under their watch. I've stated clearly that he's not exempted while he resigned. You cannot leave an association as he did, because, you know, in June, we thought Chris will come and give us a report, because he said, no, within a month, in fact, within two weeks, we'll get the report. And he resigned because he knew that we wanted the report. And he knew about the report while we were not even aware who's implicated and was Tabang uh, uh, suspended or fired. Did they use the report or not? You know, it shows that uh, we have a, a, a long way to go, especially in sports in South Africa, because you even mentioned soccer. Uh, I think you know of issues of soccer. I was mm. laughing to myself that yesterday... The day before, in fact, the night issue, the jersey that they wear, sure. you know, they've made a mistake. The second half, they changed that change, that jersey because they did not recognize what Nike was good. But mm. nonetheless, we are not there for, for that topic. No, without a doubt. But I mean, that's, that's, that's a national issue, though, Mr. Mshongo, because <laughs> you, you cannot desecrate especially national colors like that. Yes. You cannot have a, yes. a national team coach uh, being plastered like they just did something quickly in the change room to uh, hide the disgrace. You can't do that. I mean, ha- have you ever seen? Yes, I know we lambasting cricket now, uh, but you've never seen something similar like that happening there or within the Springboks. Springboks have got their blazers and their jerseys and their training kit and their leisure kit. Everything is sorted out properly. People might use COVID as an excuse for whatever they want to use it for, but there is no excuse, unfortunately, when it comes to a national team. And I'm sure as a parliamentary committee, you would be looking at that and saying, guys, somebody needs to account for this. 
they'll be coming, Safa will be coming, and I can tell you, I was reading one of the statements from the CEO, he saying it was an oversight. That's why on the second round they had to change the, the regalia. Now it shows Uti, we need administrators who have the heart for sports, not who who wants, like, you know, one of the things that I think maybe what we are doing wrong, we have people who are employed there, but they don't have the heart or the passion for sports. They are there to just get salary. And that needs to come to an end. Wendy Lemdana says the nepotism, inequality, lack of transparency have been there for CSA uh, for a while, and no one from the top is able to intervene and restore order in the federation. Uh, we, we rely on the committee, Mr. Mklongo, to, to really step it up. Um, I know from time to time we've asked the question about the involvement from a sports ministry perspective. Um, I think we've exhausted that. I think we've come to terms that we're not going to get anything from that. And, and I don't know if we should be okay with it because this cannot this this cannot happen and continue uh, in the manner that it is. But I want to thank you for your frankness. Uh, we will keep the story going. I know that we've been offered for a couple of weeks because there have been so many other pressing sporting issues um, that have been facing us. But this one has to be corrected. Whether people like it or not, we will be breathing down your necks. And I thank you so much as well for the efforts that you and the committee are making in trying to uh, change this CSA situation. Thank you very much and good evening, Robert. Thank you so much. That is the DA member of the Sport Parliamentary Oversight Committee, Utsepo Mshongo, joining us and uh, being as brutally honest as he normally is, holding people accountable and uh, they can't be hiding under tables and desks anymore, Cricket South Africa. In fact, the people that are trying to hide things or to duck should be ashamed of themselves. And I know they're all listening to the show, the very same show that they decide they don't want to be a part of. You got people there. Huh? It's like generations at the moment. People are acting positions, acting CEO, acting president, but they don't want to come and become acting accountable on radio. I hope you enjoyed the show. Acting individuals there at Cricket SA. We will not leave this, not for a single day.